Okay. Good morning, Lydia House again. <laughs> that was dangerous. Okay. Well, welcome. Can I see the hands of the children here today? Kids, show me your hands. Kids, yeah, I like these kids too. Awesome. Any kids over there? Okay, where'd they go? Okay. Kids, thank you for sitting with your parents, or maybe it's uh, vice versa. Parents, thank you for sitting with your kids. Whichever it takes, let's, uh, let's keep the families close together and sticking together. Um, if there are kids over here, I don't know where uh, some of them went. We encourage them to come in here so we can see them. And uh, if you get out of line, I'll put you in a headlock. How's that? We want to wrestle with you. Anyways, welcome to Lydia House. And we have an artist in our midst. So um, we have a few things going on. Um, you know, again, back to CJ. Could you use some help, CJ? Yeah, he's like, yeah. So if you guys want to learn how to run the soundboard, the computer, uh, and serve Lydia House, please see CJ. We need, uh, we need help. If you see things going on, and it's, it's, it's CJ week after week after week, that means he needs a break. Yeah, I mean, just because somebody does a great job at something doesn't mean that they're the one that always has to sit there or serve there or whatever it might be. So please, step up. Even if you think you can't, find out, you know. Okay, Lydia House, we have our email sign-up. So, um, yes. Feel free to sign up if you're new. Do we have any visitors this morning? Newbies? Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. We're glad you're here. So email address, name, we'd be uh, glad to have you on our list here. We just send out an email about once a week to let you know what's happening. Let's send this back this way. Um, and uh, Molly mentioned that she needs a, a little break from doing this to finish up some of her uh, thesis work, I think it is, for her school. So... We could use a volunteer for that for a few months at least, too, and uh, some help there. So if that's the case, let Molly know or myself so we can keep the weekly emails going out. A um, couple outreach opportunities. We have a bus tour going. We mentioned this. It's the Spiritual City Tour, November 17th. Um, I think it's noonish. That uh, Will the bus depart from here? Does anybody know? I'm assuming. Is it one? Okay. One o'clock here. Um, the email that went out said, uh, get a hold of Andrew. Get a hold of Kat instead. Let Kat know she's working to fill the bus up. It'll be a great opportunity to tour the city, go around, see what God is doing, see where the different pockets of uh, different cultures are, uh, where our opportunities are to reach out. So um, maybe you say, well, you know what? I'm not called to the Muslims. Well, maybe you're called to the Hmong or the Chinese or the... Uh, the, uh, the pockets of witches throughout the city, various things. God will speak to you on the bus tour, and you'll have opportunity to pray. So I'm going to send this this direction also. Please send it back up. A lot of people have signed up, by the way. So if you sign up, you're not going to be on the bus alone. <laughs> people get scared about that. If I sign up, will I be one of three? No, you'll be one of about 50. Okay. So it's a, it's a big bus. Uh, $14 plus bring some cash for... Uh, 
a lunch stop, I think, they're going to do. So, again, that's the 17th, two weeks from today. Um, are there any people that are interested in China? Have, has God put China on your hearts? If so, there's an opportunity a week from today at 3 in the afternoon at the Hospitality, Hospitality Center for the Chinese, right by the uh, St. Paul campus. They have a uh, special guest speaker from China Source coming in, and she's lived in China for about 17 years. And she's just going to come in and really talk about what's going on in China. I think her, her, the title of her things, it's, it's basically, it's not as it seems. So what you see isn't really always the way it is, especially in China. Um, I've been to China five times. The first trip, I came back and it's like, wow, I know a lot about China. Second trip, I came back, it's like, wow, I know less about China. Third trip, I came back, it's like, I don't really know anything about China. So the more, the more you know, the more you go, the less you really realize you know. So this would be a good opportunity, um, if God's stirring your heart towards China at all, to, uh, and you can see me or whatever, and we can talk about that. So this morning, we are going to share about biblical finances and what God's doing, and stir your hearts. Next Sunday, for those of you who weren't down here when I mentioned it, next Sunday or Saturday, bring a rake with you if you want to go in the neighborhood. We're going to have a blast on Saturday at 1, Sunday at 1, taking our rakes, taking a couple things, going door to door and saying, we would like to do something for you. We know that we've kind of been a nuisance in the neighborhood by taking parking places, and we want to say we... Uh, we, we appreciate your forbearance, and so we want to rake your backyard, we want to wash windows, we want to take trash to the dump, we're, gonna, we're ready. So, Saturday, Sunday, somebody had a hand up. Maybe bring, if you have more than one rake, bring an extra rake. I know I don't have a rake, so if you have six rakes, bring them all, right? Yeah, or put my name on them. How many, how many got surprised that there was an extra hour today? Did you get surprised or did you know it way far in advance? Did anybody not know it in advance? It seemed like the word didn't get out this year. And we just had to kind of guess. So I went online. How many had an extra hour and, and that wasn't enough anyway? I mean, you, you got late anyway. See, if you're late, you're late. You're, you, we'll give you five extra hours and you'll manage to fill that too, won't you? Okay. Kids, uh, come up close so we can see this. I, I want you to get close to me here. Are you talking about the map, oh, oh. the map that I erased? You know, you're not the first one that erased it. Somebody else erased it, honey. Somebody was very kind to me. They erased my map, and, you know, that's okay. You did it, Naomi? Did you erase it? Okay. I worked on a map, and I got erased. So CJ is going to give me a really good one. But before that, come here, kids. I got some C. Kids. Teenagers are good too. Go. Preteens are, or I don't know if I want post-teens. That's getting too, too old and ancient. But see, I got seeds here. You can tell, right? I'm not, I'm not joking. There's seeds. Yeah, we'll take them. We'll take them. Here they come. Oh, they're coming from everywhere. Come on up here. Come on, kids. Right in here. Cool. More kids, the morier, the merrier. I could go get like six more. Okay, so what do I do if I 
What do I do if I if I put this? We ask for kids, and suddenly, kids, kids, come on in here, kids, right in here. Okay. We like kids. We like. Okay. What do you think is in this package? Good guess. What do you think it is? Seeds. So what should we do with seeds? What? What? Think it's some of the younger ones. What? You plant. Why do you plant them? Because they're to make Okay, somebody was really, really good to me today. They cleaned up everything. They cleaned up the pot. There was a pot with some dirt here, and somebody put that away. It's over there. See, I, I just... This reminds me of when I was a pastor in California, and we set up a Sunday school room. We put hay down. We, we put it all ready so that we were ready for this wonderful class illustrating the My life of Jesus. Sleeping. And the janitor came early. And baby your baby's sleeping. So in other words, yeah. shut up, Pastor. <laughs> anyway, he was so kind to us, he came to the door. And I didn't have the nerve to say, you idiot. I said, thank you for cleaning. <laughs> I don't think you actually use that word, though, right? No, we don't use that word. We don't use that word. No. I don't use that word. Jerk, maybe, not idiot. Okay, so, what? here's my problem. I like seeds. Does that work? Man, I'm going to have corn growing out of my belly. Or wildflowers. See, I, I think I, I think it would be better if I plant them, right? What do you get if you plant one seed? You're going to get a, how many? Like lots. Like lots. If we plant it right like that and then water it, it's going to produce a lot more. But if I, for some reason, just have this appetite for seeds, well, that's a big one. And, and eat it, is it going to grow? But could I just say something for the I, I'm not sure. grandma about the little ones? We don't usually eat seeds like that. Because you ask your mom or dad. That's for my grandma. The first person told me to shut up, and the second person told me, look out, don't say that to the kids. <laughs> okay. So, what's this? A dollar. A dollar. Now, I could... Uh, way to go. Does the tooth fairy look like that over there? What? What? So either, either I, I can spin this 
would be gone. Or you could plant it and it'd be gone. I could, I, yeah, I could plant it and there, there goes that dollar. Or you could plant it and get more money. Or the Bible talks about planting, actually planting things like this. Hey, look at this. And investing them. And investing them. It's growing. Is it growing? <laughs> it's already growing. That's pretty rich. That's pretty quick. So we want to bring it towards them. Let's put it over here. So to, to this morning, we're going to talk about investing this stuff. Okay, so the younger ones. The sun can see it. Now the sun can see it. Yay, when the sun comes, then it will grow even more. Now, wherever you got this group, we're going to go. We're going to take them down. Now. Okay. Good to have you, kids. We'll take you guys. We'll keep you guys. Water and sun. Okay. That he's a smarty guy. Okay. He told me that they needed water and sun. And so I got three corrections this morning before I even start my sermon. Yesterday I went to the dump. To kind of get started on what we're going to do next week, the guy, uh, my neighbor is moving, and so I said, can I help you? And it turned out that he needed some help in going to the dump. <coughs> so I went to the dump, and as I was coming out, somebody was uh, holding a can, or, and uh, so I said, what are you doing? We're, so, uh, we're collecting money for a soccer team. So... Do I give? How, how do I know what to give to? How do I know whether God would want me to give to something? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you some ideas on what uh, you might want to give to, just some guidelines from the Word of God. And then I'm going to answer the question, can you outgive God? It's probably not the answer that you think. And then I'm going to talk from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 about the grace of giving. And the reason I'm doing this is that in the last month, I've been overcome with the Word of God regarding giving. Literally been overcome. I told Karen, this is, this, I don't know if I've ever experienced quite the same thing that I have in, in studying the Scripture about finances. So it comes out of my own journey that I'm sharing with you. And I, I, I have about four, four messages, and I'll just give a little bit this morning and hope that I can do it over the next few months because I'm very thankful and very excited as well as convicted because I, I thought there was a level of generosity in me, and I realize now that there's very little, and I really want to learn something about the character of generosity from a God who is so outlandish that Jesus 
talked about his father often in, in, in talking about generosity. He said, if you who are evil, and that wasn't a compliment that he said to them, know how to give good gifts to your children. And my dad was generous. He didn't have a lot of money. He was a pastor and didn't have a lot of money. But he was generous with me. I remember him. I'd come home from college, and he'd say, do you need a suit? Dad, I don't need anything. I'm, I'm well taken care of. What can I give? He wanted to give me. He wanted to give more than I wanted to receive, and that's like my father in heaven. He's so generous. So if you know who are evil know how to give good gifts, my dad knew how to give good gifts. How much more does your father give good gifts to those who ask? So if yours, yours is not the experience of generosity of a father, it's because you haven't asked. It's pure and simple. Because he says if you ask, you're going to get poured on. And the, the prodigal experienced that. He experienced a father who was generous beyond what he could understand. He, he wondered, when's he going to take me behind the barn and knock it out of me? He never did. He just kept giving him stuff. The things that he wanted out in the far country, he gets when he comes home. He's going, duh, why'd I go? And I'll say that is my experience to a level, but not anywhere near, because I haven't responded in like with the same generosity of a father. I've been listening to tapes of people who are. I'll give you some names. Rick Warren. He's generous to a fault. I know some I'm not going to name, but Andy Womack is generous, way beyond. He's given cars, given, gives cars away, and he receives cars Every year, new cars that he drives around, and people are critical of him for driving a new car. He says, I don't need to drive a new car. I don't need a car. I've got cars. But God is so generous to him. Why? Because he's generous, and God will not be a debtor to anyone. And so God just pours it on this guy because he's pouring it out the front door. And you can decide whether you will be a reservoir or a conduit. And if you decide that you want to be a conduit, you're like the people in Los Angeles who don't have a good water source. And so where do we have to go? We have to go to the Colorado River. And fortunately, the Colorado River flows. It's not a reservoir. It flows. And so we have water because we can take it. If God can put it through you, he'll give it to you. And if you don't understand that, you haven't begun to understand generosity. I'm not looking for you to bless Lydia House when I say this right now. I'm looking for you to get blessed. I'm looking for you to come to an understanding about generosity. It has nothing to do with how much you have right now. You're thinking, when I get more, I'm going to give. That is so wrong, because if you don't have it and you give, you get more blessings than those who do have it and give. If you're a millionaire and you give $10,000, congratulations, you just gave 1% of your income. That's, that's way below. But if you have $30, and you say, I'm going to give it away. I'm going to give it all away. I'm going to give 15 to, to Bob and Linda when they go to Uganda. I'm going to give 10 to Communitas. And I'm going to give 5 to the poor. Then God says, way to go. I'm going to shovel it in. Lauren Cunningham says, you shoveled out the front door. God will shovel in the back door. And his shovel is bigger than your shovel. And that's what I want to experience in a greater way. So I'm not talking to you who've got money this morning. I'm talking as much to you who don't. So what do I give to? I'll tell you what the scripture says. You give to where you're getting fed. That's the first place. They gave to the priest because the priests were working for them. So you give to where you're fed. If where you're fed, some people come to Communitas, I don't think that's their primary, 
place of feeding. So I wouldn't ask him to give to communitas. I'd ask him to give to where you're primarily getting fed. If it is, give to communitas. So that's the first. The second is to give where God is blessing. Don't give to something that God isn't blessing. How do you find out? Find out if they have integrity. Find out if, they're, if there's open disclosure about their funds. Find out how they treat other people. Find out how they treat their staff. I like to go into places like Walmart and Costco, and I ask them, how do they treat you? I want to find out how, how the management is, how they care for their own. I want to find out how a church cares for its own if I'm going to give to them. I don't want to give to somebody that God's not blessing. So, I, Third, we give to the needy in the church. The Bible says there was not a need among them. Why? Because there was equality. It sounds like communism. It's not communism. It's koinonia. Where if you have more and somebody has less, then you give them what you've got. Because frankly, you don't have anything. If you believe the scripture, if the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, you have nothing. You are a manager. Now, if, if say, say, Tim, you're my manager. And he, he needs to find out from me how much I want to give. So he should come to me and say, Paul, how much do you want to give? And I would tell him. So I want to go to God and say, how much do you want me to give? Karen and I, when it comes to the conferences, we're sitting there and they're going to have to pass the plate. I say, think of a number. She knows what I mean. We play this game. I don't get embarrassed when the plate comes around because I'm preparing to give. And if I give reluctantly, God says, zero. The money gets blessed to the place, but I get no blessing. Because he doesn't like reluctant giving because he's not a reluctant giver. He doesn't give reluctantly to me and to you. He gives extravagantly. He gives joyfully. And that's why he wants you to give joyfully. So if you get embarrassed. Now, I wasn't embarrassed. I did not give to those people yesterday. Because I don't have a relationship with them. And I won't, most likely. But if it's a neighbor that came by came by, I'd say, yes, I want to give. I want to give to the, to the Girl Stouts because you're my neighbor. That's why I would, I would give. I use money, and I want you to use money to build connections. Money is a good servant and a terrible Lord. So if you use it to your advantage, that's what that strange parable is about the unrighteous guy who, who used his money to his advantage. He was commended by the guy even though he was a thief. Because he was using his money for his advantage. And if you use your money for advantage, what's God's, God will say, way to go. And so if you bless in order to build relationships, that's a good thing. You bless the poor. Old Testament, New Testament, clear. Many, many passages in both Testaments that were called to care for the poor. Fifth, give what God leads you to give. God, how, where do you want me to give? The giving is deliberate. It's not spontaneous. The Bible says you think about it. <coughs> Boy, I think I got a seed in my throat here. How could that happen? How is that possible? I'm sprouting! I'm sprouting! Yeah, give it water. Now, if I can get, get some sun... <laughs> Somebody going to say to me next week, you look like a sunflower. (laughs) 
So God, how do you want us to give? So Karen thinks of a number. I think of a number. And I may go like this or I may go like that just to say you're higher than I am. (laughs) You're thinking pretty generous right now. And so we get out the checkbook and write a check because I hope you understand. Honey, I don't need more. I've got plenty. I hope you understand this is not mine. And it's not yours. It's his. And he can have it. He can have this home. He can have our cars because they're his. I am not an owner. I'm a I'm simply a manager, and I want to find out what the person who owns it wants to do with it. And so, is it possible to outgive God? Yes, it is. You were going to say no, probably. I'll tell you when it is, when you write checks that you don't have money for. See, I'm not telling you when I say give it all away to the last penny. Don't write bad checks. But that doesn't mean that you don't give beyond your means, because you do. Uh, the Macedonians, we'll look at that in a minute, they gave beyond what they had. They gave beyond their means. The widow might, she got blessed by Jesus, and it's memorialized for all time because she only had two mites left, and she gave it all. Did she give beyond her means? Way beyond her means. Now, did you hear about the guy recently that gave everything he had and he starved to death? No, because it didn't happen. <laughs> you look concerned. <laughs> if you're a child of God and you give it all, then, see, you're not testing your budget, you're testing God's. So I'm not saying being, being foolish. I'm saying be generous. Be very generous. So if you write bad checks, if you give to something that God is not blessing, what if people gave to the prodigal out in the far country and said, we want to help you out? Would they be given to something God was not giving? No. There were some people that were sponsoring a guy. I called the church and I told, talked to the senior pastor and I said, I don't think you should be given to this person. He said, you are right. They were giving him money to go on mission trips And I said, I don't think you should be going on mission trips. And the pastor said, you're right. So we shouldn't give out of some compulsion. People need money. We need to find out what's it for. Is God in it? And if you can find that out or ask people. So you should not give to something God is not blessing. If you don't provide for your home but give to others, God's not in it. You're to provide for your own. That, that it starts at home. And then one other thing that if, if you give to something God hasn't directed you to give, you get embarrassed and so you give something. That's the fourth reason why, where you could outgive God if you gave and God didn't tell you to give. You want, you want to just wait. And, and we heard last week, thank you. Is, is Nate's there? Wasn't that wonderful how, what Nate shared last week about hearing? We can hear God's voice. I loved the questions. I met with him yesterday. I thanked him again. Those questions are brilliant because they focus on the now, not on the distant future. I've taught on the, similar to what he's taught on, that if you're at point A and you ask E questions, 
you're not going to get answered. But if you ask a B question, you're taking a step. And he gave us questions that are so good. God, who do you want me to call on the phone today? How much do you want me to give now? Who do you want me to forgive? Who can I write a letter to today? Who do you want me to bless today? Those are wonderful questions. I, I really feel that uh, Nate got a hold of that. And I, I want to help Nate get that word out. So I'm hoping he'll put together a brochure and would like us to, to help uh, let churches know that he's got a word, a message to, to bring. So turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I want to I give you a little geography lesson. I had a, a big map. This is going to be very helpful. Uh, for those of you who can see it. So Paul is writing, and he's up here in what then was Macedonia. Now Macedonia is right there. Uh, here's Greece, but it was called, this upper portion is called Macedonia, and this was called Achaia. This is Athens, and over here is Rome, and at this time, this was uh, ruled by Rome. And these people in Macedonia, they were experiencing real oppression from outside and inside. There were civil wars going on, and there were conflicts with Rome, and so they were poverty-stricken. So Paul is coming with a request. He's up here. He's coming down to Corinth, which is right in, on this isthmus. Can you say it? Isthmus. And then he's going to go to Jerusalem with a gift to his brothers and sisters in Rome. Why is he doing that? I'll tell you why he's doing it. Because he's a Jew, and he has opened up the Gentile world to Jesus. This was then Asia, called Asia Minor. I don't know if I'd want to be called Minor. But uh, that's, that's what it was. And here is Europe. He got called from here. For, he was in Troas. And he got called over to Philippi. So these churches now that he's talking about are Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. They're right up in here. And he's probably up there. And he's writing to the Corinthians. And two chapters out of 13 are fully devoted to finance. And this gift that he's urging them to give, he's not commanding, he's encouraging for the Jewish saints in Jerusalem. Why? Because here's their foundation. This here's where it all started. And now they're struggling. And there's been some tension between the Gentiles who have come to faith and the Jews who are wondering, well, shouldn't they get circumcised? Shouldn't they keep the law? Shouldn't they keep the festivals? And it was such a heated debate that they called the leaders in to meet in Jerusalem, Acts 15, to, to see what needed to be done about this because it was splitting the church. And they said, no, they don't have to be circumcised. They don't have to obey the Mosaic law. We don't want to put a load on them, but abstain from meat offered to idols, abstain from sexual morality, and that's about it. So Paul then, a Jew, brought that news to his Gentile friends, and they were all happy. 
And in the meantime, the Gentile world began to grow. <laughs> Peter was so surprised when he went out to preach the gospel and the Gentiles got the spirit. And he had to apologize for it back in Jerusalem. He said, I, I was just preaching and the spirit fell. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> and then God opened his eyes that faith in Jesus is more than a Jewish thing. It's something for all people. So he's going to come and bring a gift to them, and hopefully that creates koinonia, fellowship, with these struggling saints in Jerusalem who are seeing their church shrink and who are seeking to maintain relationship with God and a Gentile world. And so Paul is writing there, in 2 Corinthians 8. We're just getting started and we're almost done. We're gonna do it, we're gonna do it fast because I, I want you to have a time for small groups here. So beginning with verse one, and now brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. He's up in Macedonia, Philippi, Berea, Thessalonica. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty. Okay, what are you expecting if you hear someone say, I'm in extreme poverty and I'm in severe affliction? What are you going to hear them say with regard to finances? What's going to come out of their mouth? Huh? I need money. Yeah. Anything else you'd hear them? Don't expect me to give. I can't give. Now, when I get it, I'll give. But don't expect them to say, I'm really looking forward to this. What do you get? Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing, oh my, joy and extreme poverty welled up in what kind of generosity? What does it say? Oh my. They are not going to be excluded in this giving. They will not be excluded in this koinonia. You're not going to tell us we can't give just because we're poverty stricken, just because we've got severe trials, and their joy began to overflow. That's telling us something about giving. It has nothing. Say nothing. It has nothing to do, students, with how much you have now. It has zero to do. See, you can be a conduit. I know people who are not wealthy, and they channel hundreds of thousands of dollars, literally, one has spoken here recently. Supports many missionaries around the world. Why? Because she's a conduit. She's not a reservoir. If you think you're a, a reservoir and you're just waiting for it to come in and when you get enough, you'll start giving, you're not going to get enough because it's not going to change your outlook. I had a guy in college, Cal Lutheran. He said, you know, when I get money, I'm going to give. I thought to myself, he'll never give because he doesn't understand it. Here it is. See, it has nothing to do. It tests, point one, giving tests God's budget, not yours. If you don't have anything to give, you need to find out how generous God is. For I testify 
that they gave as much as they were able. Now, what's the next phrase? Somebody find it and say it. Okay, beyond. So you don't give what you're able to give. You give beyond your ability. God wants you to stretch. Why? Because when you stretch, then you really find out how good God is. The kids finally convinced me a few years ago to go, go to Kansas City. I wouldn't hear about it every Christmas. And <laughs> finally they convinced me to go. I went and I was impressed most by Mike Bickle's uh, testimony about giving. It was, it was impacting, it was powerful, and it didn't have the full effect because I'm still working it through right now. But that was by far, to me, and, and he doesn't have any second string, they're all first stringers. And yet his testimony, when he started as a teenager, to learn how to give and to give beyond his means and then to see God come through. He would say to kids that didn't have money, say, God will provide. And that it wasn't an empty promise. It was a promise that he was going to fulfill, but he didn't know how. And sometimes it happened at the last moment. And then he got used to seeing that God comes through. And that God can be, you can, you can, great is thy faithfulness. That God will come through, that he'll bless you. And that you can expect it to happen. And so he developed a lifestyle, not of himself, of, of uh, necessarily of prosperity, but of frugality and generosity. There's a, there's a tension in the body of Christ between a poverty mentality and a prosperity mentality. Most Christians lean toward the poverty side, which doesn't honor God in the slightest, because uh, poverty is a curse. Now, you say, yeah, but Jesus was uh, poverty-stricken. Yes, he was. So was Paul was poor. It's not whether you're poverty-stricken or whether you're in prosperity. It's what God gives you. Paul says, I can handle either side. It's not an issue whether I'm wealthy or not. But if God gives you wealth, that's wonderful. And so we don't have to be worried on this side as long as I'm not spending it on myself. There are some people that are wealthy that are giving it all away, and God just keeps pouring it in. So don't criticize. Don't judge someone. Find out what their situation is. If they're, just, if, if they're still being frugal, if they're being wise, if they're giving as God gives to them, prosperity is a wonderful thing. And where the word of God goes, it raises the level of people's standard of living because God hates hunger. It's a terrible thing. So God wants to, uh, wants to give us. So I would rather see people prospering than people at the poverty level, clearly, wouldn't you? So why? Not so that I can be rich, but so that I can give it away. If that becomes your desire, that you want to give it away, then God will bless you with riches. Watch. I've said it to my kids. You watch God bless you. Just experience it again this morning. God gave Drew and Erica another car. That's the second car that they've been given. Why does God do that? Because they're using things wisely. They're, they're giving. And they're, 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 I'll let them share their testimony. So the second thing, giving reflects the grace of God. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, beyond their ability, entirely on their own. See? 
entirely on their own. It's not compulsive. Don't feel compulsed by me to give this morning. Let the word of God speak to you. I'm not trying to push anybody to give. God forbid. But if entirely on your own, you learn this, something's going to break. That's going to bring joy. That's going to bring a new understanding of who God is. They urgently pleaded with us. <laughs> they were serious about this. For the privilege, that word privilege is chorus. For the grace, they pleaded with us for the grace. You need grace to pray, don't you? You can't pray without grace. God gives grace. Grace is the, is the power to be what God wants us to be and to do what God wants us to do. That's what grace is. Grace empowers us. So we need empowering. We need empowering so we can pray. We need empowering so we can witness. We need empowering so we can give. They had power. And it, it so got into their heart that in their extreme poverty, they wanted to give. What an example for the, for the chorus of sharing. The word sharing is koinonia there. It's the, the, the verb for koinonia. They wanted the, the grace of koinonia in the service of the saints. So grace reflects, giving reflects the grace of God. If you learn how to give, it's because God's grace is hitting you. I want more grace. I need grace in my life. And as I receive that, then I just, Karen, let's give it away. And I'm going to tell you next time I preach that we have a plan. I talk to her because if you don't have a plan, it's next lot less likely you're going to give. If, if you're not deliberate in your giving, you're, you're not going to give. But if it's not spont spontaneity. It's not, okay, yeah, you, anybody can do that. But you think about it. Okay, how much do we want to give? How much do we want to give away? So we're, we're working on a plan now, consulting people. We, we want to we be generous givers because I'm convicted that I haven't been. I don't stand before you. I, I've got a lot of stories, but I'm not going to give any of them because I want to wait until God gives me a few more. <coughs> Giving's not a, not a have to. It's, it's a get to. And then we'll close here. <clears throat> they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with the Lord's will. So, so giving, it doesn't start with a pocketbook. It starts with the heart, doesn't it? So we give ourselves to the Lord and then we give our heart I'm going to put away these seeds or I'll probably eat some more. And really, you have a funny-looking pastor sprouting weeds and tulips and all kinds of things. I want you to take out your, if you've got a purse with you or if you've got a wallet with you, I just want to take it out. Because I, what I want to do is just close by praying. If you want to do this, you know, what I, what I want to do is just demonstrate that this really isn't mine. And I'm doing this sincerely, deeply. Uh, whether you do it or not, I know heaven, heaven's watching us. Jesus watched the offering. He watched what the widow gave. He saw what the widow gave and what the leaders did. He wasn't very impressed with what the leaders gave. They were doing it for show. So this isn't about show. You know, 
this is this is to heaven to say something to heaven i'm going to say it and you're welcome to say it you kids can say it too even though you may may or may not have money you got some money along you're a rich dude man ethan look at that okay you got some cash all right then you can do it with us so God doesn't need your money. He already's got it. Because uh, the cattle are his. Everything he made is his. He, he spoke it into existence. So he is the owner. Matthew 25 calls me a steward or a manager. I'm a manager. So maybe you've already done this, but just in case you have, I want us to transfer ownership today so that we say clearly, so that it cannot be denied, it cannot be challenged, I don't own anything. People say, oh yeah, you're the owner of this house. Whenever they say that, I, well, the bank owns part of it. <laughs> really, God owns it. So I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be stuck with owning something. I just wanna be a good steward. And if you wanna, you just say with me, I don't own anything. It all belongs to God. Everything that I think I possess is possessed by the possessor of all things. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I choose to give because God is a giver. Amen. Just going to recommend a couple things that we might give to, and then we're going to have communion. I was so blessed by Bob and Linda Ryan when they came back that I said, what are you doing here? Get back to Uganda. You got so much fruit. Get back over there. And I, would, I want us to bless them as they prepare to go. So any gifts that you give to Communitas and want to bless them with, just designate it for the Ryans, and we'll see that they get it. I hope they get thousands, because I know they're not trying to get rich. They're going to bless the people in Uganda. Secondly, I got two emails this last three weeks from Dowson. He came and spoke here, and he, he has some needs. If we can put it in the email what specifically those needs are, and you can let Molly know, because I would like us to give to Dowson now, and I, uh, if you, again, uh, write a check out for $500, $1,000, two, whatever, it's not the amount, it's how much is left, right? So if, if you uh, give something, then we get to bless people so there's equality because they're poorer than we are. We've got a lot more than they do. The third is to Cora. Cora just emailed me, and she wants to go back to Africa. She's leaving in January, and uh, I'd like us to help her. So any of you that want to, Karen and I are going to, uh, Lydia House is going to, and if you want to, just help her get back to Africa. It's a good thing. She's a sister in Christ, and uh, that's worthwhile. She's going back to her home. So any of those three. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a, a, a giver way beyond, way beyond us. You're outlandish in your generosity. Lord Jesus, you were so rich that you had it all, and you gave up everything so that through your poverty we might become rich. Thank you 
for your giving. Holy Spirit, how you serve silently, powerfully, effectively, giving, giving wisdom, giving spiritual gifts, uh, enriching our life continually. Thank you. Pray that you would be at work in our hearts over these next days and weeks. Go ahead and begin to pass out the elements. We're going to take the Lord's body and blood, uh, start passing it out. Enrich us this next week, even as we are enriched this morning through Christ, that we will, don't take it, just, uh, just, just take it and hold on to it, that we may be enriched deeply by what you have granted us, and that we become a super generous church, and that this little church is used to bless around the world with hundreds and thousands of dollars. Now, is that a, is that a preposterous thing for me to say? You know, we could be used without changing our, our tax level, we could be used to bless Christians all around the world. Wouldn't that be something? And no one else would have to know, but we would know because God is using it as a conduit. I pray that happens at Lydia House. I pray that it happens with the Anderson family and it happens with your family, that you become a conduit. And some of you in the process are going to get wealthy. There's nothing in the Bible that would say you're, you're wrong. It's the love of money, right? Not money. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. Money can make, money is like time. It's a terrible tyrant when it's lowered, but it's a wonderful servant when you make use of it. And so that's what we want to do with what we possess, what we, what we own, that we've transferred it. It's the Lord's, and we want him to use it for his good. And so we remember how our Lord Jesus Christ in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Before you eat it, just in your heart now, the Bible says, Examine yourself. Is my heart right before God? Is there anything that I need to confess? Is there uh, anything I need to let go so that I can eat it to my health? rather than to my shame. So we take just a moment. Take and eat. In like manner also, he took the cup. After he had supped, after giving thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it. Remember it's of me. This is koinonia, by the way. We're sharing together, aren't we? Sharing together one loaf, one body, the blood of Christ. Take and drink. Just pass them down. A couple of you guys, could you just go down the aisle and, and collect these for me? Now the body of our Lord Jesus Christ and his precious blood strengthen you, keep you steadfast.
to life everlasting. I pray that he blesses you. I pray that you're blessed beyond what you can hardly contain in every way. That he blesses you spiritually, blesses you emotionally. He blesses you physically. Yes, physically. He blesses you financially because your heart is so rooted in Christ and so open to his love that he can afford to bless you. He loved blessing Job after he lost it all. Remember, guys, we were talking last week how he had 11,000 animals and he lost them all. The last chapter says he ended up with 22,000. After, after he, he got blasted, he ended up with twice as many as he had before. The richest man in the world ever, ever, by, by way beyond Warren Buffett, way, way. He's probably a trillionaire. His name was Solomon. He was getting billions and billions every year. And that shows the opulence of God and the, the crazy generosity. When we get to heaven, it's symbolic, but it says something. The streets are golden, and the gate is pearl, and the walls are jasper and other kinds of precious metals. He's saying, I got it all, and I'm going to spend it on you guys. I want you to, here's what we're going to do. We're going to close, and I'm, I meant to do this a little bit earlier, and I'm going to try better in the weeks to come, but I want to have a half hour or so of worship and a half hour or so of word and a half hour or so of small groups. So until 12 or so, we're going to break up right after we sing this song, and a third of you go that way, or four, no, just break up in a groups of about six and talk about what we did today and um, share. Share regarding finances, where you're at and where you want to be at. Pray together, and then we're, there's no potluck this week, so stick around as long as you want. Take my life and let it be. Ever heard of it? Stand with me. CJ comes through again. Sing it as a consecration. If your heart's consecrated, then your pocketbook can be too. Luther said people need two conversions, the conversion of the heart and the conversion of the pocketbook. Take my life and let it be
keeps coming. <laughs> Take groups five six seven till about uh 12 o'clock whatever time it is take five minutes ten minutes pray together in this uh, regarding this theme that we just spoke about finances and generosity find a group or make a group